Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 283. I'm hungover. I'm not. But we're going to tell you... <laughs> As usual. That's our that's our odd couple dynamic, I think. Yeah. Instead of the, the fall guy and the straight yeah. man, it's the... The hungover one and the... I woke up at 7.30 this morning. Well, that's what happens when you day drink and, and night drink and... Do just drinking all around. I mean, that's what makes us drunk on comics. That, we are true. drunk. That's true. Most of the time. It's yes. kind of sad, actually, as adults, but hey. I know. We don't have a problem. But we do. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even, I wasn't even going to say that we do. I was going to go into, but we do love comics, but then... <laughs> but no, we I just, do. But I just paused right there. Uh, but we have a great show for you today. We do not talk about Batman at all. Zero percent Batman in this episode. Except for we do. All of the Batman, all of the time. Yeah, so uh, we reviewed Batman number 32. And Batman White Knight. And then kind of briefly, uh, Dawnbreaker. Yes. That's fucking sweet too. Talked about the how Batman's fucking killing it in the sales, comic book sales recently. Yep, uh, we talked briefly about Doomsday Clock. Yeah, and... Some Marvel fuck-ups. <laughs> Their brief and tumultuous relationship with a uh, defense contractor. Sounds like a comic book. Yeah, <laughs> so with that, grab something to drink and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 283, Justem Batmanem. I am Batman in Polish. Ah, it all ties in. Oh, whatever. Whatever indeed, my friend. Oh, coming off a fun-filled weekend. Yeah, so fun that you had to push back recording today. Yes, well, my liver needed it in my head. <laughs> Dehydration, friends, that's what caused hangovers. Yeah. Get plenty of water when, when out uh, right. drinking. Also, maybe fine, not drink so much. Also on this helps. fine St. Patrick's Day. I mean, <laughs> Polish weekend. <laughs> It's Polish St. Patrick's Day. It's St. Polish weekend. Pretty much so. It's Pulaski days. Uh, in our hometown, we have a large Polish community and a lot of Polish halls. And it's yes. something that I used to think was all across. Like, a lot of people did this. But it was just a couple guys some 50-plus years ago that thought, hey, let's kind of do a fundraiser. Let's open our halls to the public. Let's get everyone cheap and drunk on, you know. Cheap and drunk. Yes. <laughs> Let's get them cheap and drunk. <laughs> That's how I like my ladies. And so it's it's a fun weekend, but it's a it's a hefty weekend yeah. on the liver. You well, you, so I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get into some. I have a question for you. Okay. Because I'm Polish, but you're more Polish than me. Maybe not in percentage, just in your activities, because you're part of one of the Polish mm-hmm. halls, the big one, right? The Polish yep. Falcons. Uh, what the fuck is Pulaski? Kazimir Pulaski? He's he a was, person, right? Yeah. So I guess who is Pulaski? He was, uh, in the Civil War, he was in charge of uh, infantry, okay. cavalry. And with that being said, he came from Poland to help uh, fight over here. And he's kind of like a war hero. Okay. And because of that... We uh, drink in his honor. Yes. And eats yummy, yummy pierogies. Yes. <laughs> Gotta get some kibasa. Yeah. We have uh, at our hall the Polito. The what? The Polito. The Polito. Yes. I don't know what that is. It is a Polish burrito. Ah. It is a burrito that is full of uh, kibasa, kapusta, mm. some horseradish sauce, some garlic mashed potatoes. Mm. All with the bacon whiskey glaze. That does sound delicious, actually. Yes. Now I'm hungry. Doesn't this... Everything about this weekend is amazing. What are you doing? (laughs) That wasn't Zordon calling me. That was someone else. (laughs) He does not need your help this weekend. He knows you're hungover. So anyway. All right. Well, you're better now. We can... We can do some podcasting 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Why was I thinking Civil War? He wasn't part of the Civil War. It was when we defected against... Uh, God! Those can't other... trust you with any history facts whatsoever. <laughs> well, no, because I was like, why would he come over here and help For the, the America? Well, America against America. That wasn't what I was thinking in my head. Right. I just couldn't think of which war it was. It was our, our war against England. Yeah, well, yeah, our revolutionary yeah, war. Yeah, the first Well, we had two. The War of 1812 was also against England. Yes. More you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought you would have real facts? I know. From Drunk Tony. Drunk Tony's Drunk History. Well, I guess, though, I was a bit off in my wordage, even though in my mind... You was right. Just like what I put, what shared last night. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking it was St. Patrick's Day and... Oh, we won't even get into that no, one. No, because it's a very divisive issue in Michigan. So, <laughs> go blue. <laughs> I uh, don't care. So <laughs> that's that's my opinion on it. Actually, we had a at work yesterday. We had a as many workplaces do on the Friday before this game. We had a wear your colors day where people could wear the green or the blue and gold. And I was like, I'm just going to wear gray. <laughs> nice. <laughs> should have wore white and black and just been the refs. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. That would have been a better idea. So, but everybody was like, oh, well, you know, MSU has gray and, and some of their stuff. And then everybody who was for U of M was like, oh, U of M uses gray and some of I'm like, well, everybody makes sweatshirt, you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody makes sweatshirts. It's, yeah. it's not a thing. It's but. not the official color <laughs> right. of the schools. Yes. But somehow they managed to all tie it back to whomever it was they were rooting for. Of course. Of course. We're projecting onto you. Yes, your sports. I don't want it. <laughs> sports, bad. Comics, good. Yes, yes. Well, let's start off because I don't want to forget uh, Best on Tap. Yes. And mainly because there were a lot of good covers out there this week. Um, we originally were looking at... Um, Eugenics kind of had a creepy, weird one. Which, yeah, baby with DNA and a belt. Yeah, a it was cord weird. And... The story looks uh, pretty sweet. Yes, but it wasn't kind of up to to par. And then, of course, there was the Shadow and Batman crossover, which Alex Ross has to do another can, fucking cover. And but can we throw out that that was one of A through Q? Yeah, well, some of covers. them were black and white variants of the covers, so Point those is, don't count. Well, they. They they uh they made it count because <laughs> yeah called, I guess so they they made they gave them all letters so but <laughs> the Alex Ross one was I mean it's Alex Ross and we're yeah. pretty much going to kind of take him out of running on best like, on tap you know how in the Academy Awards they give you like a lifetime achievement <laughs> yeah. award and then you just don't win anything else ever for the rest of your life like Alex Ross gets our best on tap lifetime achievement award so he wins that. There you go, Alex Ross. Congratulations. It's a very prestigious award. You're the only one who's ever won it and never will. And now we don't have to award him anything else. I did like, though, the Tempano as well as the Finch uh, covers of Shadow Batman 2. But, I mean, there's a lot to pick from from there. But we are going to give this not to a necessarily a, a, a cover, but just to the art. Yeah, a person. <laughs> so Lifetime Achievement Award yes. for this week because all the covers encompass why... You could kind of pick one that was better than the other, but they're all the same uh, style and same type. And that's going to go to uh, Chip Zdarsky yes, for his, his how-to-draw variants on all these books. Not only are... I mean, it's simple. It's a how-to. So it's not like it's overly complicated art on it. So we're not giving this to him for his art style, although he is a very good artist. It's the, the humor. humor behind it. For like sure. I had seen these uh, started showing up, like you know, because covers are done and everything's made like months before mm -hmm. things happen. So I started seeing these, and I kept looking at my comic book shop of when are these covers coming out. And now a good handful of them that I've been seeing online. And the first one that I had saw was Hawkeye number eleven, which has it has them drawing Hawkeye, and then let's put some glasses on him. Oh, let's make the frames a little bit better. Let's make the jawline a little bit more straighter. Let's draw a bunch of, like, dark hair, longer yeah. hair, and then... All of a sudden, it's Kate Bishop. Yep. And so I thought that was just hilarious. But then there was plenty of other ones to go around. Yeah, my favorite one was The Spirit of Vengeance, which was how to draw a Ghost Rider, which basically was a six-step uh, how-to, which included... 
finding a photo of a human skull and copying it. And then there you go. Oh, wait, you have to set it on fire. <laughs> That's and, like the whole thing. And although it's not out this week, it's going to get encompassed with, with all of these ones, which we'll post them at some point. I hope someone gets... I, I wish there was a place where you could just find comic book covers. Oh, my God, I know. The art and everything. God, that would be awesome. Because even if you go to Comixology, like, you have to know what you're looking for. Well, even then, when you go to comic book shops, they don't always have some variant covers out there. Right. Or they've been, like, already taken, but for people that kind of just want to see the art, because mm-hmm. those are, you know, pieces of art. They're not necessarily sequential. There's just... They're right. there. Um, you will miss out on some of these variants. And the one that I saw was uh, to draw... Um, was it... Uh, damn, now I'm forgetting his name. Red, uh, Red Wing. Falcon's uh, bird. Little sidekick. And draw a squiggly line for some for a cloud, and then draw an upside-down you, and another upside-down you. Oh, shoot, you can't really tell that that's, uh, you know, Red Wing. So just draw Captain Falcon in the, in the front. And <laughs> and it's like, that's not really telling me how to draw it, but that's the humor of all of these. The X-Men one was just start with adding start X-Men. Storm and then just add all these people. Yep. And there you go. Yep. And I just noticed his his name on all of these are all kind of like up for the How to Draw Ghost Rider one by Chip Alive Bust Rider Zdarsky. <laughs> And then the X-Men one is, uh, hold on. Remember when I said my computer was going to crash because I had too many tabs open? It happened! Whoa! <laughs> we need to start keeping track of how long it takes for that to happen. I think this might be a new record. <laughs> it's uh, Chip, whoa, more mutants, Zadarsky. So he's funny. He's a funny guy. I like his style. So I definitely am happy we're giving this to him this week this prestigious honor that we're bestowing upon him. Yes, you better honor it. <laughs> we're drawing by how to draw drunk on comics. There we go. Add Tony. <laughs> Add Derek and Matt. Take out Derek and Kevin. Add so-and-so. <laughs> God, that would be per- I'm going to get that commission if I ever there see him. There you go. That Start saving your pennies. Yeah, I know. I cannot be- imagine that that is cheap. Okay, so let's get into some comic books we read this week. Yes. We kind of got a theme Like for going. the past month. Yeah. yeah. And it's because what's what's good right now. Yeah, and we can't get off this train. It, nope. is, it is the bat train. Yes. The train right to the heart of Gotham. Yes. I'm going to start off with uh, Batman number 32. Okay. This is the conclusion to the War of Jokes and Riddles. And... It packed a punch in so many more ways than one. I, what I love the most about it is the first couple panels, there was not like a lot of dialogue at all. In fact, they were... Uh, what happened in the last issue is Kite Man came and helped Batman. Kite Man? Yeah. Remember me telling uh, about yeah, Kite Man? Yeah, con- every time somebody mentions him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's in the creation thing. of Kite Man? Yes. And he... With the help of him, they found out where the Joker was. They had eliminated all of his men, but the Riddler still had his men. So it was because Batman sided with the Riddler in all this because the Joker started killing more people. Even though the Riddler killed uh, Kite Man's son to kind of create Kite Man as like the villain. I like how it went off once and you just didn't turn it off for the second time. <laughs> You know me and my phone. I, I like to uh, have people reach out to me at all times, especially when recording. Because yeah, why not? That's it's like the only time I get phone calls. It, yeah. Um. But no. So that's how that kind of concluded with now just being in a skyscraper with um, Batman, the Joker, and the Riddler. Something that needs to be mentioned is. Uh, I don't remember, two months ago-ish or so, like eight issues ago, uh, there was a wedding proposal. Yes. And there wasn't really an answer. And it was said that in issue number 32, you would get the answer to Batman asking Catwoman to marry him. And we will get to that at the end. I need to know! (laughs) But it was something that I had forgotten why this whole uh, story of the how it came about. And it was him telling selena while they're laying in bed i don't know if i'm the person that you that you would want to marry so before you give me the the you know your answer let me explain the situation and what happened 
And I totally forgotten about that until this issue when I'm like, oh yeah, he's recalling this thing. Because you know how like in comic books, it's it's always kind of present day, whatever mm. is going to happen, unless they're doing flashbacks and everything. So him uh, talking about the way that this went down. So when this went down, could have been years ago. It could have been, you know, whenever um, that he decided to take on this war. But there was a lot of casualties in it. And like I said, with the beginning... The first uh, page is like a splash page that has just profiles, people's pictures and them and their names and who killed them, either the Joker or the Riddler. And what I thought great about that was you have uh, the all these people, and I'm wondering if they decided to draw in their friends, like... That'd be the perfect spot to like oh, just yeah. to just draw in some friends or just make their names in there and kind of give them a little bit of right credence because... as artists do. Mm-hmm. Now it then got into like I said a bunch of them just fighting each other. So there were some word balloons of like or like ah and showing kind of Batman's dexterity getting hit over the head with a lamp, but then just the next panel him like clocking uh, Joker in the face to kind of show about this fight happening. And finally, we get to some dialogue, and it is the Riddler talking about how he's the one that set up everything. He set up everything because um, he wanted the Joker to to laugh, because the Joker had stopped laughing because of all this, and so he set up the biggest thing to make him laugh. Ah. He was humiliated, he was beaten in front of him, all because of Kite Man. Kite Man was actually the key to everything of the undoing. Kite Man... The stupidest character ever. Yes. And and pretty and pretty much uh, he's the Riddler's going on of like you should be laughing at that. I was defeated by Kite Man. Purposely, Riddler set it up to be defeated by Kite Man because he it was all to get back at the Joker. They didn't care about Batman. In fact, one of the best lines when they are then talking to each other is, um, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't even about you. Why do you think? Uh, you know, not every story has to be about you, Batman. And I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit, shit yeah. I've, I've never kind of thought of that, like, but I have. Like, have their own lives, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always about you. Yep. And so, uh, the way that it all went about was perfect. That, just that word balloon, that dialogue right there saying that it's it's not even about Batman. Like, it was all about, you know, those two then kind of set Batman off in in a direction that I did not think was going to happen. Because you start seeing, um, or they're saying, you know, that they could really have, uh, you know, killed him at any point. You know, it didn't really matter about him. It was about the two of them. And then you kind of start, uh, you start to see that Batman's thinking about everything and everything that happened with this war and how it really was the Riddler that started it. Even though the whole thing was set up to almost be like, them fighting each other kind of the joker was i mean not innocent but wasn't who batman started just focusing on and there was a knife and there was a gun on the table and all of a sudden batman just like no the riddler needs to go and he takes the knife and jams it right in his in the face what and even though i'm giving it away i mean there's more to give like away in his face not like in the panel that that's like you have to turn the page uh-huh. you see the knife going straight towards the face and then the next page, you see the Joker put his hand out and the knife going straight through. The Joker Saves. saved the Riddler. And it, Batman. But he saved Batman, and that was the biggest thing. Yeah. That started making the Joker laugh. Yeah. <laughs> of course it did. Because he's fucking twisted. <laughs> and he goes, like, and he just looks at the knife in his hand and he goes, huh, that's funny. <laughs> That is funny. And then it got even it. it got even deeper than that. Like Batman just thinking back, you know, he asked the Joker, you know, why he saved uh, saved him, and you know, he, the Joker asked him, "Well, do you know the difference between a riddle and a joke?" Batman said, "No," and the Joker said, "When you figure that out, you'll have the understanding." He it, it then ends with them, him talking to uh, Selena Kyle in the bedroom and Brown saying, "So this Brown. is this is the story." I I almost killed i would have killed and if i would have killed would you still kind of love me and him also saying how this is his biggest vulnerability because right now he's at the point where 
He just wants to end these people. But he needs to be vigilant to know not to go that far. Right. Now you have two of the most deranged killers who know that. They know his weakness now. They know that they could push him so much that they'll kill that he'll kill one of the two. Right. And even though they'll be dead, they'll have the best vengeance ever because they pushed him that far. Right. And I go, holy fuck. That is um that's an interesting take to see where Batman goes down the road. Right. Along with her saying yes. She did say yes? Yes. Yay! Because she said even, you know, what What makes me me then? What makes you you? It's that you are consistently fighting against that urge. You know, what separates us from the villains and blah, blah, blah. And her even right. kind of saying, you know, her the way that her life has been, you know, it's about redemption and everything. So it's going to be interesting because as most... You know, we're going to get like a, a, what is it, no more, uh, or one more day or something. Remember when they killed off uh, MJ and Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what that was called, but yes. Yeah, and, we're, and we're, we're going to have that where yeah. it's going to be retconned. And... Yeah. Damn it, I hate it when they do that shit. Just well, like... I mean, I really do think, though, I could see the Batman growth. Uh, as, as I was talking... Fuck, I forget which nerdy conversations I have. If we talked about it last week, or <laughs> I was just talking to someone else, how uh, Damien has grown, and how mm. Batman can kind of finally have a different life. Now that Superman has a kid now in the main universe, and how they are growing as characters beyond the just the need to do this, right. cookie cutter this. I could really see them having a good relationship, especially, you know, her being Catwoman. And... Right. It's always been an uh, up and down and back and forth thing with them. So. And I loved when, even in in the last issue of this, issue 31, when they're talking on their communicators, though, they call each other Bat and Cat. It's hmm? cute. Not only cute, but it's also smart. If anyone's listening to chatter, you don't want to be saying, you know, their names. Right. Like Bruce or this or that. Yeah. Aw. Good fucking storytelling, and it has made... Yes, thanks, Tom King. It has, it has made me <laughs> want to go back to... Uh, Batman? Well, pretty much that, plus the medals, oh plus everything. Oh, my God, so much Batman. So you got Tom King writing the main story of Batman, and he's killing it. And then you got fucking Scott Snyder doing Batman metal right now. And, of course, he's killing it, because... It's Scott Snyder. If he was doing a shitty job, I think we would all have to stop being comic book nerds. Mm -hmm. And then we have Sean Murphy, who used to go by Sean Gordon Murphy, but I think he cut the Gordon out, because now on everything it's just Sean Murphy. But now he's doing a Batman Elseworlds-type story, which you and I both read this week. The Batman White Knight series. Uh, I think it's going to be eight issues. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven eight, um, basically, the the lo long story short, the synopsis of the story is gonna be where Joker becomes sane and becomes Gotham's White Knight. But I think the key element also is Batman Batman's decided to kill. Yes. So as what I just reviewed there, I, I find it uh, funny that. This issue came out this week, and then we have White Knight as well this week, where right. this was an almost, he was going to kill, Joker stopped yep. him, and in here, Batman went off the deep end and he... was trying to kill the Joker. So so now we almost see what could have happened had he killed right. the Riddler. So the, the, the thing I loved most about this book, okay, so it starts with the chase through Gotham. Batman's chasing the Joker through Gotham, as he does, right? <laughs> And the running commentary, because he's got Batgirl, Batwoman, Batgirl, and Nightwing is there randomly at some point mm -hmm. in time. And they keep talking about the reckless stuff Batman is doing, how he's driving on people's roofs and he like plowed into some <laughs> construction workers and almost killed them and just a bunch of other things that like when you think about it, you're like, oh, holy fuck. Yeah, he is super destructive. Which is one of the main arguments usually against vigilantes, and that was the whole synopsis of Civil War, the original. But um, the fact that he's like he's so pinpoint focused on what he's doing, he can't even hear what's going on, what they're saying to him, or realize what he's doing. Well, I want I want to go to one point. That Batmobile, badass. Yes. 
Like, I, you know, and it was something when I was looking at this one that I'm like, I really love this look. It's it's part uh, Tumblr, part it looks little, almost like, like a, a roadster almost. But it looks like the profile, like the length of the front as if from the animated series type one. Mm-hmm. But then also like, uh, ha- you know, pretty much heavy like engine block there showing like it's really cool looking and i started thinking about all the different ways that different series has drawn them and so this is obviously an elseworlds scenario so you kind of can do whatever you want yeah and make your own kind of batmobile and i have to say right now this one's winning from most art sean murphy's art style is amazing and i like the way he makes everything old and new like he, it's so weird. Like, he can totally just mash, like, retro shit together with, like, futuristic stuff, and it just looks amazing. He did that in that one, um, was it, Tokyo, Tokyo Ghost? Yeah. Is that what that was called? But anyway. Um, so basically, the Joker's running, while the Joker's being chased, he's running down, like, specifically what's gonna happen. Like, this is something they do so often that he knows exactly what Batman's going to do every single turn. Well, the, I would have to say the the dialogue in this was very, like, straight to their character's core. Like, you know, you have the nuances and how Batman kind of is different with the, with the, the, the writers of the series. Mm-hmm. But there's always been just these defining, like, bullet points. And the Joker is, like, hitting them, like, hardcore, like, being like, you know... I'm the always that that part of where he's made Batman and he's made him stronger. You know, he's he's raised the stakes and that has helped Batman. He should be thanked. Yeah. Um. He should be loved by Batman because he's you know the their duo. Yes. And in like was the premise of the Batman Lego Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Actually, that's what it was reminding me of. I couldn't think of uh, the whole time I was reading this. I was like, oh, they did this in in Lego Batman, kind of. But, like, I love, like, he's even, like, you know, he could have, Joker could have beaten Batman at any point, you know? He could have turned the city completely against uh, against him whenever he wanted, but he chose to hold back because uh, he wanted to, you know, he knew that there's only so much that Batman could handle and how insane Gotham is and how Batman really hasn't fixed anyone. In fact, Batman... has made it worse. And Gotham is Batman's uh, psychosis... Uh, dealing with I, it does I'm not making smart, smart medical <laughs> even snart even real words it's just it's totally declining the more you talk oh it's it's been is like it's his therapy yeah like that batman is so fucked up that he needs to go f- mm-hmm. beat up bad guys to make himself feel better yeah like he's past the point where like he's a vigilante and this is literally the only thing he knows and the only thing he can do to make himself feel human um, I would like to point out that Joker is riding a hoverboard in this, which I That's thought was awesome. super cute. <laughs> like, he was just the, the Joker that was at the beginning of this book was just so Jokery, you know? I'm Jokery. <laughs> He's so Jokery. But I like where it comes to... So this, obviously, our reviews today are full of spoilers, so sorry, because uh, you're already in it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no alert. Um, I like how he made Joker come to the realization that, like, in order to prove that Batman was fucking crazy, he needed to not be crazy. So he gets, because he knows exactly what Batman's gonna do, he gets Batman to follow him into a pharmaceutical company where they're gonna dump a bunch of shit. Yeah, you don't know, some random drugs. And gets Batman so worked up that he pours a bottle of pills down the Joker's throat. And almost kills him because, he almost, you know, you don't know what the pills are. There was a lot of them. So, you know, <laughs> could have died instantly from that. Could have choked on him. And, like, people are, somebody videotapes this while it's happening. So not only do you have this going on, where now Batman is clearly snapped, but now. You have Batgate. Pe- yes. People are discussing, like, well, yeah, it's the Joker, but first of all. The GCPD has said that they don't have anything to do with Batman, and look, they're all just watching him do this. Mm -hmm. So that's out. And then, like, it goes into the whole point, like, because, yeah, Batman nowadays 
I mean, and again, it goes to who the writer is and the feel that they're doing for their books. But mm-hmm. Batman could be either a true vigilante where the police, although Commissioner Gordon looks the other way, and they kind of, in this book, it makes it a little bit more known that that's the nuance. But you have things like Batman right now where everyone loves him. They right. look at him as the spider, or, you know, as the Superman type person of Gotham. Right. Where people aren't trying to stop him, let him do his right. thing. He's just there. But there's been the times where they're like, I don't think he should be dressing up, you know, and, right. and doing these things because that's criminal activity in of itself. Yes. And then it sounds, and this this Batman is definitely like your um, Ben Affleck Batman where it's just very dark and brooding. And this one happens to also have snapped. He's just fucking crazy. And you find out, I mean, he is dealing with Alfred. Alfred's dying. Which, as we discussed last week, is a huge deal because, mm-hmm. you know. That's... But not only a huge deal, but with Alfred dying, doing anything to save him, yep. aka teaming up with Mr. Freeze and using his technology. Right. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Batman and most universes are kind of the same way. Right. He can't handle <coughs> Alfred dying. Yep. They, just can't, they just can't do it. Um, so, I mean, this, this doesn't. Obviously. At the end of this book, we get to a point where Joker has... The drugs clearly have fixed his brain. Yeah, and so much so that they're just showing he... Well, that they're showing he's a genius, but he always was a genius. That wasn't, yes. like, a big reveal. Like, right. that almost felt like maybe some people have forgotten that in the past and just thought insanity means not genius, but you can... They are most geniuses are insane. In yeah. Yes. Um, I did like the one page that they did where it was basically the Joker's backstory in a panel. Well, not only that, but I also... They gave him a backstory. Well, this is a known backstory of the Joker. They mm-hmm. used one of his backstories. Well, mainly because this is uh, Jack Nap- Napier. Yep. So having had that Joker before and with with the Jokers of the world, you will never know the true Joker. In fact, with after Rebirth, there's the three Jokers theory of them out in the DC right. wild. Uh, so... The, I like that this one, yeah, because you you need to kind of know who the Joker is in order to have him be sane, because right. uh, obviously he would not want to be known as the Joker, right? And you get a you really get a picture with the next page after the kind of backstory panel that Sean gives you with how obsessed Joker is with Batman, like fanboy fan like Tony's bedroom obsessed. <laughs> Like, everywhere. He clearly, and he said it earlier in the book, I'm it, your biggest fan. Well, then he also say something about, like, a toy, like, he would have bought the toy set or something of, I forget of what. Oh, how they were going to make a toy set about what had happened. Yeah. The chase earlier that night and how he, they would make a toy set and he would totally buy it. Yeah. And yeah. so then this I'm coming up. Fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they, the fact that they let him have all this stuff in his cell Makes me wonder if they actually know what they're doing in Gotham because he's got a lot of shit. In Arkham there. is pretty, pretty. I don't know. They, no wonder he keeps fucking escaping. Yeah. <laughs> they give him all of Batman's toys. I will say this: with I don't really want to give this away, but the genius of him going off about all the bad things that Batman has done, mm-hmm. spe- just specifically even within this chase, destruction of private and personal property, yep. the near death of mm-hmm. of Joker, all these things, and him pretty much making a case of you need to arrest Batman. Yeah. It goes back to the first page, actually. Because this whole thing doesn't start off with the chase. It no. starts off with him going to the jail... And him telling Batman, I need your help. Right. And Batman being in, in Arkham. Can, can I just throw in, we're talking about the Batmobile at the beginning of this, but it's not Batman that's driving this at the beginning. Well, the way beginning. Who gets out of it? Yeah. yeah. At first you're thinking going to Arkham. Yeah, you, you see, see the, the Batmobile, Batmobile roll up. And then here's my one caveat for all this, and it was after I finished the story that I went back to the beginning again. And you show then uh, Napier, was it Napier or Napier? Napier. How, Napier. It's N-A-P-I-E-R. So yeah, Napier. Napier, yeah. God, pronunciations of, of names is our best suit. <laughs> we love it. Why can't it be named Bruce Wayne too? <laughs> but you think that's Batman getting out and then you see uh, Batman being locked up and you kind of wonder what's, what's going on. How long, you know, it's been a, a year before... Right. 
that this you know flashback goes on has the trial taken that long it's it's just one of those things i it, they could have did a little bit differently I, I i trust i trust sean because all of the books that i've read with his and they're all amazing he's an he's a great writer um like it all he has a plan for all of them it all leads back to something and being the writer and the artist this had to have been a conscious decision like Batman's in a jail cell in his Batman outfit. Like, why would he keep him in the Batman outfit otherwise? It's, I can't imagine it's something that he just overlooked. So, it's gotta lead to something. I, like, fucking good start, man. I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, the idea of Joker being sane. Amazing. Just an amazing idea. But Batman, he's winning over hearts and minds right now. Hardcore. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's where it's at. But, my computer's dead, so I have oh. to trust you to lead the conversation now. <laughs> well, don't trust me to do that. <laughs> Alright, um, I will, uh, going with our Batman theme, won't get too far into the book, but I just need to say Dawnbreaker is fucking sweet. Yeah. Green Lantern, uh, Power Ring... Uh, coming to a young Bruce when he was, when his parents died and just seeing that, you know, you have no fear and him just kind of being like, fear was obliterated from me. So he's like more powerful than anyone because he doesn't have fear. In fact, so uh, what happens is, and this is the only part I'm going to give away, but sets the tone for this book is then when he wants to go and kill and the power rings like that's, you know, that's not uh, a function or or that function is not working you're outside your warranty and his willpower <laughs> exceeds it wow and pretty much breaks the ring and that's kind of the the telling of this 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 world's uh person his, they showed like some percentage like 119 and then like 191 percent willpower like pretty much batman is being batman but with the power ring so it's not yeah. good again as we discussed last week batman with any sort of Beyond mechanical powers, you know, aside from, like, the little toys he plays with and stuff like that, like, he's a scary motherfucker. I would not... There's a reason why Batman should not have powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, continuing on our Batman uh, trend, <laughs> we had some 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 numbers of last month's... Uh, solicitations, well, not solicitations, of the comics that came sales. out. Sales. Actual sales, yeah. yeah. And Marvel Legacy number one was top-selling comic book. Yes. Again, my question is, and it doesn't state in this, top-selling quantity, top-selling dollars. Because it was five ninety nine, and everything else is three ninety nine. That's two whole dollars difference. <laughs> it has to be sales dollars, because, I mean, they probably did push a lot of units because of what the book was. Right. However, what we then see within this list is a lot of Batman. Batman. We have Batman coming in at with Batman Dark Dark Knights Metal number two. I don't know why we keep saying Batman Dark Knights. I mean it's just Dark it's Knights. Dark Knights Metal. Yeah. But it's Batman centric. Right. I mean it does include a lot more It's not yeah, it's not a Batman book. So, I feel like he's well. He is the driving force. He is. But then when you look at it, though, you also have Hawkman kind of being the background driving right. force. You have a lot of other things going on. Well, and all the villains are Batman. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll still are. call it a Bat book. Yeah. But then uh, you know, Venomverse was number three, and then Batman thirty thirty one. You have Harley Quinn. You have Batman Red Death, the Murder Machine with uh, Nate nine. So yeah, and um, so, but even more so, like. This is top ten. There are two Marvel books on here and one image book, which is The Walking Dead, which is probably the only image books really that ever makes it into the top ten. Maybe Saga. I don't know. But the rest are all DC. Like, seven of them are DC. Most of those are Batman. Not all of them. Two of them aren't. <laughs> but that's crazy. Like, DC, like, just two years ago, and we've talked about this with Rebirth, but just two years ago, DC was like, nobody reads DC anymore. Mm -hmm. All their stories are shit now. Yeah. Just kidding. Way to go, DC. <laughs> well, then, though, but it's it's crazy, though, then, when you look at, I mean, these were just 
top-selling comics. Now, granted, if you have 100 comics compared to one comic, you're going to have a bigger share of the market. Right. Where Marvel then, too, comes out with a $37.97 share Mm -hmm. compared to DC's only $30.21. Now, that's a significant difference in money-wise, but partly that, as we were saying before, could be the $2.99 price tag for some of the DC's books. Unit share, so that it's a little bit closer, yeah, with what books they've been putting out. So, Marvel is totally charging more for their books than which we all knew. I mean, let Marvel Legacy was fine now, it was a fat book, Marvel Legacy, so Mm -hmm. $5.99 is not a ridiculous price for it, but I mean, that's not the whole month of as well. They also had the generations books were also great, so obviously, those individual units didn't make up like a top 10, but they also had a lot more going out for them, yeah. So that's kind of the numbers, and that kind of wants me to go into things of looking at the publishers, they want to make a buck. Sure, of course. That's that's business, yeah. you know. It's just straight up, let's just make money. Right. Let's not really care or think about certain PR shitstorms that can happen when you jump the Stark. I mean, jump the <laughs> shark. Because we now have Marvel doing just that. They... Well, they were just doing that. Yes. Let's, let's, this, let's was, take... this was a very... Okay, so obvi- New York Comic Con is going on right now. And before the New York Comic Con started, uh, Marvel had announced that they were teaming up with Northman... Uh... Northrop Grumman. Yeah. Grum- Grumman. Northrop... This is a terrible name I for know. a company. This must be people's names, because we can't <laughs> pronounce them. Northrop Grumman. And... I didn't know who they were. Oh, I knew because I've, I've heard of them before. They're a defense contractor. Now, sure. when you look at defense contracting and how they're saying, well, they're building technology and like Boeing does this and that and they sometimes make weapons and stuff. Well, their primary thing, though, is making weapons, right. whether it's defensive weapons or offensive weapons. It's still making weapons. And the big disconnect comes from not necessarily Marvel trying to make a buck, but they were kind of teaming up with them to almost be pretty much a recruitment tool. They had a uh, image of the dream, which was Stark Towers, and then reality. Uh, meet your dream, make your dreams a reality, Northrop Grumman. And that was like a advertisement on a page. Do we necessarily need to be recruiting for the military industrial complex? No. Whether your thoughts on war or this or that or where politics should be in comic books or not, it's hard to say that a place like Marvel that has had gay characters that have done, you know, what they've done with the mutants and the the allegories that they have within comic books, and that's for all of them, but we're focusing on Marvel right now, would then think, oh, we should go ahead and then also start saying, yeah, uh, you know, Defensive contractors are a great place to do business. Right. And let's write them into our comic books, which was going to happen. They had a whole event set up at New York City Comic Con where they were releasing. uh, It was free as a Friday. It's now all off the Internet. Uh, You could probably find it in some torrent site or something. Right. Was an Avengers uh, comic that was teaming up with Nexus, which is the, the Northrop's special division for people that had like certain you know weapons and everything and they were going to join forces now one of the big things within marvel comics is defensive contractors are always looked at as the bad guys right you know you have rocks in um well even <laughs> thank you zordon <laughs> i knew you'd call eventually <laughs> See, guys, this is why Tony leaves his phone on, is because even though he totally set his ringtone to be that, every single time it goes off, he's like, I'm coming, Zordon! I can't believe out of the first two times I hit don't answer, but then I didn't hit turn off ringtone. No, because you're an idiot. Very true. Um. Anyway, before I was completely thrown off topic by your stupid phone... Uh, Stark Industries, and that was obviously a, a contractor like that before Tony was like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is bad stuff that we're doing and kind of abandoned that. Um, so, you know, 
Marvel Comics has already set it up for it to be not cool. Like, this is not a cool thing. And say what you will about those sort of businesses. Like, it's not, well, it, that's it, not it, a most team people, sh- that should be... Most people are looking at it, though, as, like... And, and granted, yes, it does get into more pol- uh, politics than we care to usually get on the show. But, you know, a lot of people are calling it war profiteering, you know, like, mm-hmm. and really should Marvel be doing this? And that's kind of disturbing that they would partner with a group like that. Yes, money talks. But right. at what point did did the, the artists and the writers on this book uh, say, oh, this is probably a smart idea? As well as the many editors and chiefs and higher ups think, oh, this is a good idea. No, it was looking. It would be a bad PR storm regardless of yeah. people's takes. It just doesn't fit with what the company is. But now we know, Marvel will do anything for a buck, even if they think it may. They had to have weighed the pros and cons. And then, unfortunately, when they announced it, the pros of it definitely were not there, and right. a lot of people were very. I just don't know what they were expecting. And it sounds like, aside from the people who were working on this uh, crossover comic book, like, a lot of the Marvel talent, Joe Casada didn't even know that it was happening until it was announced. And he's the chief creative officer. So, like, they were keeping this pretty in-house before they announced it. And that's a big thing, too, is where what else were they planning because obviously the event got canceled mm-hmm. so no one knows what could have happened the the first issue disappeared and they said that they have now ceased any ongoing uh partnership with them but it makes me wonder what would it have turned out to be right. and and why yeah this i i mean marvel's done crossovers with other organizations in the past most none of them have been defense contractors most think, of the time, it's sports teams. I think they've done it with the military before. But, like, those just, they're never good. Like, those books are just never good. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it doesn't really accomplish anything for anybody. So, I just, I don't understand. Other than they were offered a lot of money by this company. Because the com- this company saw the potential in Marvel to help them. Like, I don't know why Marvel thought this would help Marvel. Besides money. That's the only reason it would help them. And Well, that's the thing. Like, going back to, like I said, Tony Tony Stark even realized that war profiteering was right. bad. Right. Marvel missed that part in all of his well, storytelling. And this is the same company that had the sense enough, because of the shit that happened in Las Vegas last week, to cancel all the Punisher stuff that they were going to do at New York Comic Con. Because the Punisher is an extremely violent book slash television show because this was going to be Netflix stuff that they mm-hmm. were doing. So they canceled like the the trailer showing that they were going to do and like panels and stuff because guess what the Punisher does? He shoots a lot of people <laughs> and it was incredibly insensitive time to have been showing stuff like that. So they did the smart thing and they pulled it. But in the same fucking time they do this other thing and it's like what <laughs> what message are you trying to send? <laughs> I don't understand. And I think there's some sort of division in Marvel that has happened where one side of it is like, all the money, all the time. And then the other side is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they just have no idea. I it's just it, it worries me because when shit like that happens, like, this company's going to fall apart if somebody doesn't get a handle on it. You know, there's it's a huge widening divide going on. Um, well, one thing that Marvel also has announced is they have no plans for Cyclops at the moment. Good. You don't want old Cyclops I back? I fucking hate Cyclops. Have you heard of the new, uh, do you like the new Cyclops, though? Hey, he's, he's uh, totally adorable. He hasn't turned into an asshole yet. He's I miss that the, asshole side. He's, like he's I do the with... stars with his dad. Everything bad that's happened to Jean Grey is because of Cyclops. I miss Rightclops. <laughs> Right Clops? That's his new nickname on the internet. Right Clops. Yes. And why is that? Because he is the right Cyclops. He is the true Cyclops. Oh. <laughs> so bring him back. Don't have this teenager angsty kid. Oh. I like kid Cyclops. I do. I can't just he's so the old before he went totally like batshit crazy, like Magneto Cyclops. 
um, which was I actually enjoyed. That's that when version. I started liking them. Yeah, the Cyclops before that was like a whiny, spoiled, pretentious little brat, and I just actually, you know, what I think was the best, and where I started to like him was when he was married to the White Queen. Ah, and and you kind of saw there was one issue of a fruit which many incarnation of X-Men it was, but where you saw inside his brain and you saw like a piece of where he kind of hid Jean Grey away and like a secret room even from Emma and it just, I don't know, it was in the mind of Cyclops. You kind of got to know the character more than what mm-hmm. he was outside of it, the right. whiny little bitch. But well, I think a lot of people's perception comes from the cartoon as well though. Yeah. Where he Jean! was a... Yeah. <laughs> I had a drinking game that I played whenever I... when when. The be- it's the best drinking game if you want to get super fucked up while watching the X-Men. You drink every time Cyclops yells, Jean! Or every time uh, Jubilee gets herself in trouble and everybody else has to save her. Which is, at least happens once every episode. So you are going to be really fucking drunk. And Jean really <laughs> sucked in that show. <laughs> Cyclops just, he was just always yelling for her. And it's like, stop, just do something. <laughs> Stop yelling her name. It's not going to help. <laughs> um, We should have probably thrown this in when we were talking about Batman, but going back to a bit from the the whole Dark Knights uh, scenario was going to be coming out their new wave of comics instead of them being... They're smart enough not to call them like all new, all different or, you know, new 52, like all these things every year, but you always have these taglines for comic book like publishers Please stop doing this shit because they get worse and worse. They were going to start calling it Dark Matter, which I I understand where they're getting that from. Right. But you don't need a next, like, your whole line of comic books are all called Dark Matter. But now they're called New Age of DC Heroes, Ugh. which I don't feel as much better. It's a tiny bit better to explain what they're going for, but at the same point, it also reverberates back into... Why do you need to call this a you different don't. age? You don't need to do anything. Just let your fucking readers read your books. Yeah, just have... Like, just write really good books. Continuity is all we fucking care yes. for. Well, and good stories, but yes. still. Now, but the and the, the benefits in hindsight are then you can discount an entire era of comic books if you want by saying, well, the stuff from New 52 really sucked. so that's really the only time it becomes beneficial but i don't know if they're trying to like because you know we have the silver age and the golden age of comics so i don't know if they're trying to make their own age of comics but like that doesn't happen by you naming it oh this is a shitty named age i mean there's nothing (laughs) and those were ages aka like almost like a decade each and they were named like way after that is like the yeah. future people of drunk on comics are going to look back. <laughs> Remember the shitty named age? God, there were some good stories, but damn, were those stories shittily yeah. named? Yeah. Um, coming out from uh, from DC. You know, notice how the '90s too just is the '90s. It was the '90s. When you say the '90s comics, Everybody you know you're knows. thinking of extreme. Yes, mullets, uh, muscles, uh, uh, knives sticking out everywhere, and pouches. Pouches, yes. <laughs> The Rob Liefeld era. So I am, I am really. That's what we're gonna start thinking of what the 2000, 2010, what that was. Because yeah, I have some fond recollections of it, but I'm also that's when Civil War came out, right? The original. The, that's when they the did good one. Yeah, that's when they did No More Mutants. There was some good stuff that came out out of the aughts. We can call them the aughts. <laughs> it ought to been better. <laughs> Um, so piggybacking off of more DC stuff and metal, um, I'm really excited about this actually because I love when they take two different mediums and they like make it into this giant event. They're coming out with a DC Dark Knights metal album to go along with the comic book and all the songs are picked by Scott Snyder to go along with the book and they're not all going to be like metal songs so that's cool because i'm not a huge fan of metal but i think it'll be really interesting to hear what scott snyder thinks this book sounds like is is it almost going to be like you want to put it on when you're reading it possibly i mean they haven't really 
announced a whole lot, but they just said it was going to be a good compliment to the series. So I don't know if it's like you put it on and hear it in the background while you're reading it or like you read the book and then you go and listen to the album and you're like, oh, yeah, those are very similar. <laughs> well, like almost like a soundtrack. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it is a soundtrack, but like for a movie soundtrack, like right. it, it sets the pace in the background. Right. So it would be cool if. Like, they were like, well, you listen to these songs while you're reading book one, and these songs while you're reading book two, and stuff like that. Be interesting to see. Have your own soundtrack to a comic book that you're reading. I think it could be fun. Um, so we have, uh, I don't know why I say we have, uh, uh, like I'm going to go into the next segment trying to make it a little bit easier to transition into, but I should have just started off by saying... Uh, the next season of Agents of the Shield is going to see the Kree coming to Earth. Okay. Now we've already had them established uh, firmly, even though um, Inhumans and all those work in the pages of Fantastic Four and all that because they're their own property. They're not Fantastic Four doesn't have a right to them, so you know Fox doesn't have a right to them. We obviously know that because we have the Inhuman show, right? And we've seen the Kree on the big screen, but to see them again, and they also were. At one point, one episode within, I think, season one or two. But I'm wondering, with knowing this, if this is going to tie into the Inhumans. If this is going to somehow... Because the Kree were part of making right. the Inhumans. Yeah, so they injected old-ass old people on Earth with uh, their blood or whatever it was and made hybrids that turned into royal dicks. What, uh, what, <laughs> wait, what is what was it before Homo sapien? Homo erectus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted me to say homo erectus. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, I mean, sorry for those people that don't believe in evolution. Maybe they, it was just apes or, no, wait, that'd be, yeah. Even, that, uh, apes, homo erectus. Neanderthals. Yes. Cavemen. So, you know, there's the, they say that we come from apes, but there was a divide there. So eventually we broke off and, and like, there was like five or six lines of humanoid type people before we became the humans that we are now. So, um, yes. And at some point in time, the Kree fucked with them or fucked them. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> speaking of space and fucked, uh, Han Solo kind of did shoot first, at least from what a new star Wars book coming out is as he stole Greedo's girlfriend. Oh my God. I, I very briefly saw this story, and I was like, I don't care enough to read it, but the idea of it is interesting. Shot him straight to the heart. <laughs> He's to blame. You know what's so stupid, though, is that has become a meme and a joke of itself, all because George... No one would have really have cared. Right. No one did care. Yeah. Everyone it, just assumed that Han shot him because Han's a... He's a dick. Yeah. He's a fucking bounty hunter, uh, whatever... Runner of shit. What do they call those things? Smuggler? Uh, yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of that fucking word. Um, he's not a, he wasn't a good guy. He became a good guy, but he wasn't a good guy. I will say, though, I think I'm looking for this book a bit because that's just one of the many stories. It's from the new uh, anthology, A Certain Point of View, and it kind of gets, you know, through the eyes of these other background characters, fleshing out this world. I love all things Star Wars, right. and it's just, it's... It's coming out from Marvel, I yes. would assume. Okay, so it's going to be canon, right? So these stories will tie directly to what's going on in the movies. Well, in the past movies, but it'll make them canon. So who knows, maybe it'll add uh, interesting hints to what's going to be happening in the future of the movies. Although I heard from Mark Camel not to read the new Star Wars comic book that's based on the new movie that's coming out because it'll spoil it. Really? Yeah, he said don't read the comic book. Which I'm surprised they let him say because Disney usually has a very tight hand over what most of their um, stuff is announced. But yeah, he was straight up like, don't read it. Unless you want it spoiled, then read it. Everyone should have read by now. If you haven't, watch me. If you need it, read it. 
pockets that can come out on the anniversary weekend of the deficit going to like number five. So that's kind of a cool coincidence. From everything that I've read, this is going to be a bit more story-centered uh, as well. Well, the cover has the but what, I mean, we've already shown with the button, the introduction of, with Batman and Flash kind of exploring what's going on. Right. And... So, because I'm just now getting back into DC, and I didn't read any of the Rebirth stuff, um, I know that Rebirth had a lot to do with Dr. Manhattan, but I feel like they touched on that with the button and stuff very early, and then kind of haven't done anything with it, like... There's not been nothing yeah. referring back to that since then. So this book has... Everything that's happened has been building to this book without actually referencing anything else from before. Then. No, and from... I, when it comes to some events that I'm interested in, those are the ones that I stay away from reading about yeah. because I... As we spoil for everyone else that listens to this podcast... Sorry! <laughs> I don't want to spoil. I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil my own stuff. Even <laughs> though, like, that's when when it comes to Star Wars, everything like if it says anything in the movie, Stay I, I don't read it, it and yeah. we don't really talk a lot about it. Comic books, I mean, we will, or you know, anthologies like we just did, but. I don't want those things ruined for me. And so with this, I'm trying to stay as far away from it as possible. But at the same point, there was a big panel at New York City Comic Con. Yep, I stayed away from most of that news except for seeing the ash can that came out. And we're going to put a link to it uh, up on our, our page because what it is, it's it's in the style of Watchmen. Sure. And Jeff Johns is, is in charge of this... Uh, this event and it's definitely going to be trying to bring them into the fold from what it seems. Big, oh, 100%. Big spoiler though is it had Rorschach in it. Mm -hmm. How the fuck is Rorschach back? Yeah, he died. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for those who are going to watch, read Watchmen. <laughs> or even see the movie. I would say the movie is, the book's way better. There's a lot of people that hate the movie because it wasn't 100% to the book. I thought, I thought it got its Point across. I thought so. Alan Moore hated it, but Alan Moore hates everything. Jeff Johns even said in this panel, like, he's not going to read this at all. He didn't read when they did the, um, before the, the before Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, he didn't read any of that. He's 100% like, fuck everybody that's doing anything with the Watchmen because my Watchmen was the best and <laughs> uh, I'm Alan Moore. <laughs> also, I don't have technology where I live. <laughs> um, so the artist that they got they got specifically because his style is a lot like the artist, was it Dave Gibbons, mm -hmm. that did The Watchmen. So, super detail-oriented. It sounds like they're going to, they're, they're not going to do, like, the Tales, was it Tales of the Black Freighter? That, that comic that was running through The Watchmen. But they're going to do, they, it sounds like they want to do something very similar to that. Maybe not a separate comic, but add enough... Well, maybe like the the new uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, the Batman. Oh yeah, where it has the mini comics in yeah. it. Yeah, that, that was cool. Be, yeah, that is that is cool. Um, but going back to Rorschach, my what I was going to say before I sidetracked myself was, <laughs> um, so you see Rorschach in this release, and you find out that he's the narrator, but you see a guy in a mask, right? Rorschach. Could be anybody. Could even be Batman. <laughs> I mean, really. It could be. It's a dude in a Rorschach mask. So it, maybe that's maybe what it's happens. not even a dude. At the end of Dark Knight's Metal, Batman can't be Batman anymore, so he becomes Rorschach. <laughs> right, you know? I mean, so it doesn't necessarily have to the be thing. the I, same and, person. And, and that's, I was going to get to that, too. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm hoping, I mean, I still... I hope it's Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> <laughs> He was the best part of that movie. No, very much. Well, Rorschach is a very interesting character, but I think his death needs to mean something. But right. maybe there's... Well, the journal was dropped at the end and, you know, obviously is going to be read. Right. I don't necessarily feel that someone there read... But someone had to have read it and maybe becomes right. the new Rorschach. Yeah, maybe Owlman. <laughs> I can almost see that, too, yeah. just being kind of driven, like, pissed off that mm. Blue Donger, you know. <laughs> Blue Donger. 
I do I do like how the so the the story is going to be current and it's also going to take place in 1992. So it's going to deal with the repercussions of what happened in The Watchmen a couple cuz I think that book Well, is there even showing Ozymandias yeah. like being the most wanted man yeah. in the world and everything? And I go that is kind of cool to show yeah, show what happened. Right. But then how do they fit into the DC world and knowing that now right. Dr. Manhattan is like God. Yeah. How that's going to play out as well. Right. It's got it's fucking god damn it DC. They're just taking all of my money. I can't I can't. Just just <laughs> when I want to hate comic books more. I know. Stop reading them. And that's not even touching on the shit I love from Image, from IDW. Yeah. I mean, comic books. I know. And the Phoenix Resurrection is coming out at the end of the year, and I'm just going to be broke. Nobody's getting Christmas presents from me. You are getting my comic books after I read them. That's your Christmas present. (laughs) Who's in a book this week is going to be the ash can of Doomsday Clock, primarily because we just kind of want to promote that enough to get people to read. Pause. I think this is a point for learning. Please explain to our listeners... Who do not know what the fuck an ash can is. So an ash can, from not having the technical <laughs> terminology of what I would know, but I only know it because of Jim Toe giving us his ash can of his comic book that he used to have, is a free, uh, usually non-colored uh, part of a book. So it'll have like the first couple pages or maybe in the even in the middle. And so it gives you a sense of a story a bit. It gives you the art style for sure, and it gets you to kind of know what this world is. On the free comic book day, if you were to take like, because they have like multiple stories mm-hmm. sometimes in any book, if you took like just one of the small that stories, would be an ash can. about seven pages, seven yeah. eight pa- pages, those now necessarily they have conclusions into them, but if it just kind of was like it just ended, and then you're like, well, shit, I want to know more. I want to right. then pick up the the book. Okay. Here. So I that's, just thought we needed to share. But what we're going to pair that with is Doom from Founders Brewing. And uh, Doom is an Imperial IPA. Has some warm vanilla and oak mm, notes. This is one of their limited edition. Yep. It's yeah, aged in their bourbon barrels. Yep. And it's, I mean, it comes out a lot more often than, than other. Right. Well, all of theirs now, they've been upping the the increased time for how quickly yes i just saw somebody was doing a kbs tapping today wow yeah i thought that was more springtime right that's what i thought too but then i was like oh they just want to get people fucked up for the msu u of m game (laughs) (laughs) so the ash can of of doomsday clock yeah you forgot which one were with doom a delicious beer from founders all right, with that, uh, got any words of wisdom? Um, yes, maybe not drink so much tonight. These are my words of wisdom for you. Oh, just for me? <laughs> or for you, the listener. <laughs> maybe not drink so much tonight, guys. Just kidding. Drink more beer, though. I was going to say, liquor. and with that, stay thirsty for more <laughs> drinks and alcohol. <laughs>